Hello listeners, welcome to another episode of Activate God's Purpose, where we yield our humanity to God's divinity. Today we're going to talk about give me water or give me a drink. Give me water, give me a drink. And we're reading from John chapter 4. And we will start from verse um, verse 4. It says, oh, let's do um, verse 3. Yeah, let's do verse 3 first. Okay. So Jesus left the Judean country. So Jesus left the Judean countryside and went back to Galilee. To get there, he had to pass through Samaria. He came into Sikar, a Samaritan village that bordered the field Jacob had given his son, Joseph. Jacob's well was still there. Jesus, worn out by the trip, sat down at the well. It was noon. Imagine that Jesus, who is God, who is the Holy Spirit, but in his human form, still in his godlike nature, was tired. He was worn out. So he sat by this well, exhausted, worn out. So let me ask you a question, my brother, my sister. If Jesus himself can be worn out and tired and exhausted and fatigued, how much more you and I? How much more the people of this earth. We like to act like we don't need God. We don't need his strength. We don't need the energy, the fulfillment, the wisdom, the virtues, the understanding, everything that he gives to us. We act like we can do without him. We behave like we can do without him. Yet here is Jesus. The Bible says he was worn out. He was tired. If he was tired, if he was worn out, how much more you and I in this our dispensation, in this time that we live in, these times that we live in, with all the madness and wickedness and evil and selfishness that is going on, with all the darkness that is going on, with all the things we're chasing after but never seeming to acquire, or if we acquire some, we're never satisfied, we're never content. If Jesus got tired, what's going to happen to us? Let's look at ourselves. Let's look at the decisions we're making, the steps we're taking, the things we're running after. 
what does that do to us spiritually, mentally, emotionally, and physically? We take the natural strength that God has given us for granted. When what we need to do is to not take that strength for granted, but to take it and give it to him and say, God, make this natural strength supernatural. Because we are going to need it. We're going to need God's supernatural strength. We're going to need the Holy Spirit more than ever before. What is ahead, what is coming, is no joke. We are going to be beyond worn out. We are going to be beyond tired. We are going to be beyond scared, beyond exhausted. I'm not trying to create fear. My job is to tell you the truth. And you can see what's happening in our world. As I always say, just look at the trends. Listen to the news. Actually, I barely, I don't know when last I turned on the TV to listen to news because, <laughs> but I find out news in other ways. I just don't sit in front of the television for hours on end listening. So for those of you who actually spend hours in front of the TV listening to the news and you're switching, flipping channels to see what's going on around the world and what's happening, you're, you see what's happening. You see what's happening. And you know how you feel already sitting in your couch, just watching and hearing the news. You know how you feel. Now imagine when things really begin to play out. When the pot boils universally, it boils and it overflows and it explodes. What is going to happen to us? What is going to happen to mankind? What are we going to do? What are we going to do? Who are we going to become? What is that going to do for us? If we don't have the power and the strength of God, we will be more than exhausted, more than fatigued, more than worn out. If Jesus was worn out, what would happen to us? Let's continue reading. It says he sat by a well. He sat by something that has something. What are you sitting by? Who are you sitting by? What can it give you? What can this person or those people give you? Who in your worn state, in your worn out condition, in your thirsty and hungry condition, who are you sitting next to? Who are you lying next to? Who are you holding hands with? Who are you walking with? Who are you talking with? Who are you allowing to speak to your spirit, your soul, your mind and your body? in the state and condition that you're in. It says Jesus sat by the well. I don't think it's by mistake that he sat by the well. The well gives something, it gives water. It produces water. And we know water is good for us, it's good for the earth. Are you sitting by something 
that is good for you, good for humanity? Are you engaged in something that is good for you, healthy for you, good for humanity, healthy for humanity? But start with you first. You have to love yourself first. You have to make sure that your, your spirit, your soul, your mind, your heart, your body are healthy. All of you healthy. It's time to sit down beside God. It's time to sit down beside Jesus. It's time to sit down beside the Holy Spirit. They should be the wells that we draw from. They should be the wells that we draw from. It's what they produce, what they give us that we should be drinking and feeding off of. That is what is going to keep us. That is what is going to keep us. Life is spiritual. Life is spiritual. Life is spiritual. Don't play around with your life. Don't play around with your soul. Don't play around with your mind. Don't play around with your heart, with your body, with your soul, with everything that you are. Take who you are right now and sit beside God. Sit beside Jesus. Sit beside the Holy Spirit. This is when you, you, you dig deep into their well. This is when you dig deep, you reach deep into their well. So that whatever is out there, whatever already exists and whatever is coming, will not be able to finish you. You will be able to withstand it. You, you will be able to resist it. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit rises up as a standard for us. He blocks what is coming. He shields us from what is coming. Who are you sitting next to? What are you sitting next to? What do they do for you? What do they produce for you? Is it worth it? Ask yourself these life-saving questions. These are very, very serious questions. Look around you. He sat down at the well. A woman, a Samaritan, came to draw water. This is John chapter 4. A woman, a Samaritan, came to draw water. Jesus said, Would you give me a drink of water? When I saw that, I said, wait, <laughs> this is Jesus who caused the blind to see, the lame to walk, the deaf to hear, rose the dead. How is he not only tired, but he is now asking a Samaritan woman to give him a drink of water. You see, sometimes when God visits us, 
he comes with a question. It's not that he doesn't already know the answer. It's not that he doesn't know what's going to happen. It's all orchestrated. It's him meeting you where you are, but he wants you to have your own experience so that it becomes a testimony. You become a witness of his truth, of his reality. Jesus knew this woman was coming. He's the all-seeing God. His sitting at that well was no mistake. This is the God. This is the Jesus. This is the spirit who healed the woman with the issue of blood. This is the person who healed the lame. This is Jesus. First he's worn out. And then he's asking for, for water from a Samaritan woman. In those days, the Samaritans did not get involved with the Hebrew. And the Hebrew certainly did not get involved with the Samaritans, as we'll soon find out. But Jesus says to her, would you give me a drink of water? And then it says his disciples had gone to the village to buy food for lunch. Wait, this is the same Jesus who had turned five loaves of bread and how many fish? I can't remember the exact number. But remember that miracle where there were thousands, thousands, thousands to feed. And I think the disciples said, well, tell them to go away. Jesus said, no, we're going to feed them. And the disciples were like, how? How's that going to happen? We, we don't, we, look at all the people. Look at the crowd. Look at the multitude. And Jesus called out the boy who had the basket of, of um, it, was it five fish and five loaves? Forgive me that I don't remember the exact number. But it was around between five and seven. And what did he do? He broke the fish, broke the bread, and it got spread amongst the multitude and everyone got fed. They sat on the grass and they ate. Everyone got fed and there was extra remaining just from those five loaves of bread and five fish. So how come now, how come now his disciples had to go to the village to buy food for lunch. Couldn't Jesus have produced lunch? We're talking about the maker of heaven and earth. Couldn't he have produced lunch? So what exactly is going on here? And why is he asking her, would you give me a drink of water? All of it just sounds very contradictory to who Jesus really is. But there's no contradiction in him. There's no variance in him. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He positioned himself in a way that this woman will find him the same way that he positions himself so that we can find him. And so that when we find him, we draw from him. We take what he gives, or at least we hopefully we do. Hopefully we do. 
because he comes with salvation. He comes with deliverance. He comes with healing. Oh, he comes with wisdom. He comes with understanding. He comes with power. He comes with redemption. He comes with mercy that is new every morning. He comes with faithfulness that is new every morning, every day. He comes with forgiveness. He comes with unconditional love. The question is, will we take what he comes with, what he produces, what he gives to us, and since he knows that we won't sometimes readily take that which he has for us, which is eternal life, he finds a way to meet us where we are and he'll ask the question, would you give me a drink of water, would you? Take a look at me. You don't know who I am. At face value, I'm just a human being in front of you asking you for a drink of water. Would you give me a drink of water? Let me ask you something, my brother, my sister. Who needs a drink of water? Who is it that you know that needs a drink of water? Yourself? Someone else? While Jesus is sitting at the well, the maker of heaven and earth is sitting at the well and wants to have a meeting with you, wants to have a meeting with those people that you know that need a drink of water. He was asking this woman the question about water, the need for water, but it wasn't really him who needed the water. It wasn't really Jesus who needed the water. He created the water. He created that. <laughs> Maker of heaven and earth, he created that water. He didn't need the water. He needed her attention. He wanted her saved. He wanted her to become who he designed, he created her to become in his image. That's what he was going after. She was taking things at face value, but he was looking deeper. He was looking ahead. He was looking more into who she really is in the eyes of God. God is looking at you today, my brother. He's looking at you today, my sister, beyond what you or anyone can see about yourself. And he's waiting at the well. And as you listen to this message, this message is the well. He's here right now. And he's asking you, would you give me a drink of water? Does he need the water? No, but you need something. There's something you need from him. What do you need from him? He's throwing the question at us so that we can think about what we need if we catch the question properly if we know who's asking the question and we realize that he actually doesn't need anything, he's asking us the question because we need something. It goes on to say, the Samaritan woman taken aback asked, how come you a Jew are asking me a Samaritan woman for a drink? Jews in those days wouldn't be caught dead 
talking to Samaritans. I'm reading um, the message version. The message version. It's a, it's a very candid, very frank version, very modern language version of the Bible. It's called the Message Bible. It says Jews in those days wouldn't be caught dead. They would not be caught dead talking to Samaritans. And here's Jesus talking to the Samaritan woman. When others canceled her, he didn't. He positioned himself in a place where she could meet with him. If you go further up, you can even see the time. It says noon. It says Jesus, worn out by the trip, sat down at the well. It was noon. He must have known that this woman comes to this well at noon. She would be there at noon. We see the Bible says we have a God who will meet us at the point of our need. His eyes are not blind, neither are his ears deaf or his hands too short to save. He's slow to anger and swift to bless. Whereas the Jews had quickly dismissed this woman and her people and would have nothing to do with Samaritans, Jesus was swift to become a blessing. He was swift to get to the well. He was swift to get there on time. He was swift to have the conversation with her. He was swift to ask her the question. Slow to anger, swift to bless. This is a turning point. It's a turning, Jesus asking you a question. What is the question he's asking you now, my brother? What is the question he's asking you now, my sister? He asked her for a drink. He said, would you, not can you, because she had the ability to, but would you, meaning, do you have the willingness to? Do you have the willingness to? Was she willing? Are you willing? Am I willing? Is the question. Jesus answered. And, oh, so first, let me go back a little bit. So the Samaritan woman, taken aback, asked, How come you, a Jew, are asking me, a Samaritan woman, for a drink? Jews in those days wouldn't be caught dead talking to Samaritans. Jesus answered, If you knew the generosity of God, and who I am. If you knew, if the world knew the, abund the, the, the generosity of God, Jesus said, I came that you might have life and have it abundantly. But will, will we take the abundance? Will we accept the generosity of the world? We're looking for all types of generosities from people, from things, from positions and titles. But will we accept the generosity of God? Will we even think about it? Seek ye first the kingdom of God and all these other things and its righteousness 
and all these other things will be added on to you. But no, we seek all these other things first. We don't seek God's righteousness first. We don't seek his generosity first. We don't seek his abundance first. We don't seek his salvation first. We don't seek his redemption, his deliverance, his compassion, his unconditional love, his mercy, his faithfulness first. We don't. We go after these things that leave us thirsty. When Jesus is saying, I have what you need. Would you give me a drink? Do you, let's exchange your water for my water. Give me what you have. Let me give you what I have. Let's see which one will sustain you. Let's see which one will keep you. Let's see which one will see you through. Let's see which one will deliver your water or my water. That's where this is going. It says, and, and who I am. Sorry, let me, let me do that again. Jesus answered, if you knew the generosity of God and who I am, you would be asking me for a drink. You'd be asking me, Jesus, for a drink. And I would give you fresh living water. If only you knew. I wouldn't be asking you. You should be asking me. I should not be asking you for water. You should be asking me, Jesus. So Jesus is saying to her, I, that he, Jesus, should not be asking her for water. That if she understood who was standing in front of her, she would be asking him for water. But he posed the question about the water, about him needing water, as a point of connection. She can relate to water. She can relate to the well. She goes there every day at noon to get water. She goes to the well. She's familiar with the area. She's familiar with the water. She's familiar with the well. So he went to where she's familiar to make her comfortable, to have the conversation with her. God coming down to speak to man since the time of Eden, since the time he, the, 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 the time he made Adam. God coming down to commune with man, to speak with man, to be with man. But what do we do? We shun him. We push him away. We say he doesn't exist. But he keeps coming back. And so Jesus came to this woman. Never mind she's Samaritan. And said, if only you knew, you would be asking me for a drink. And then he said, and I would give you fresh living water. I would give you Fresh living water. Let me read from the New International Version, the same book of John, chapter 4. I'll read from verse 9 to 10 from the New, Interna New International Version. It says, The Samaritan woman said to him, You are a Jew, and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift 
of God, who it is that asks you, Jesus is the gift of God. Jesus is the gift of God. He is the gift of God to this world. But we take him and we don't unwrap him. We don't see what's inside the wrapping paper. We put him in a corner or we open the wrapping paper and we decide, now. Nah, I'm going to go do things my way, do things the way of the world, the philosophies, traditions, cultures, whatever of the world, follow my intellect, follow my own intelligence, you know, leave Jesus with the ribbons and the wrapping paper. Yeah. Thank you, God, but no thanks. That's what we do. Thank you, God, but no thanks. But he never stops. He never gives up on us. He, leave, he will leave the 99 for the one. And he says, he's a gift of God. And who it is that asks you for a drink? You would have asked him and he would have given you living water. If only she knew. And one thing I want to raise here is, let us be careful how we treat people. Let us be very careful how we treat people because they might be our drink of water. They might be the well that we need. They might also be the gift of God that we need because we don't know why God brought them in our path. We don't know what God has gifted them, gifted them with that can become a gift to us. And we have a way of being aggressive arrogant, rude, pushing people away, taking out our anger on them, taking out our upset, taking out our pain and anger and whatever it is, projecting the negativity coming out of us, spewing out of us on people. Whereas, do you know who's standing in front of you? Do you know who he is? Do you know who she is? It could be an angel. It could be the very answer to your problems. It could be the very deliverance to your problems. It could be your very salvation. It could be the water that you need to drink. It could be the water that you need to drink. It could be the water that you need to drink. Be careful. Be careful. Be careful how you treat people. My mom would say to me, if you can't build, don't destroy. If you cannot build, don't destroy. Walk away. Whatever you do, don't destroy. Don't destroy another life or another person's life. Whether it's by your words or your deeds, you don't know. Be careful how you relate, how you talk. Even when you don't understand, still be careful. Watch your words. Watch your mannerisms. Watch the way you roll your eyes, your body language, all of it, everything. Because we never know who is standing in front of us. It could be the very gift that we need. The very drink of water that we need. Be careful, my brother. Be careful, my sister. 
Let's keep reading the same book of John, chapter 4. We're now in verse 11. The woman said, Sir, you don't even have a bucket to draw with. You see what she's doing? She's doing what we do. We look at people, we judge them. And we say, don't judge a book by its cover. But we do. We do it all the time. We look at their skin color. We listen to how they talk, their accent. We listen to how they're dressed or not dressed. We look at, look at how they're dressed or not dressed. And so many things that we do to, to measure people, whether they measure up or not, whether they are our standard or not our standard. And the last time I checked in the Bible, the Bible says, for God so loved the world, all of us, how we are, our shape, every shape, size, form, skin, color, people with all kinds of good habits, nasty habits, all kinds of behaviors, addictions, whatever. He loves, he loves, he loves. And he has given us the gift that is Jesus. And here's this woman saying, sir, you don't even have a bucket to draw with. We look at people and we say they're not qualified. They can't do this. They don't have the ability to do this. Do you know the gift that is in that person? Do you know the God who created that person? Do you know the God who created that child? Do you know the God who created that man? Do you know the God who created that woman? But you've taken your red pen, your red marker, and you've X'd them out. Because according to you, or according to you and I, they're not good enough. They don't meet the standard. They don't fit. They don't look like what could possibly be a gift. They don't look like what could possibly help us. How dare they even speak to us? So the first thing she, I mean, listen, look at what Jesus said to her. If only you knew, you would think that she would stop for a moment and think. He said, you would be asking me for a drink and I would give you fresh living water. What does this woman say? The woman said, sir, you don't even have a bucket to draw with. And this well is deep. As if Jesus doesn't know that well. <laughs> Jesus knew Jacob. This is Jacob's well. Jesus knew Jacob before she ever met Jesus. What is she talking about? When you don't know something, ask the question. There's no question that is too small or too big. Unfortunately, yes, I know people will make us feel like we're stupid sometimes or like, how could you possibly ask that question or how can you not know? But go ahead and ask the question anyway. It'll never be said you never asked the question. She should have stopped. Looked at him and said, well, what do you mean by that? Break it down for me, please. Let me know what exactly do you mean? No, instead she looked at what she saw as a disability. He didn't have a bucket. He wasn't well equipped. He didn't have what it took to draw from this human well, this human well. When he is a spiritual well, 
that carries water that will never dry out, never dry out. And she's busy talking about having a bucket in hand to draw from a well that could possibly dry out, that will at some point dry out. What is she doing? She's behaving the way we behave. We look at something from the outside and we don't realize it's worth it. Let me not say something. We look at someone from the outside and we don't realize their worth and their value because they don't have a bucket in their hand. And so she says, she asks him, so how are you going to get this living water? (laughs) He tells her, You would be asking me for a drink and I would give you fresh living water. Then she criticizes him and says, you don't even have a bucket. And then she says, so please tell me, how are you going to give me this living water? You don't have what it takes. And then she she continues, are you a better man than our ancestor Jacob? Who dug this well? That's her ancestor. And obviously this woman, she's calling Jacob her ancestor, doesn't know her history because this is the same Jacob, right? Who at the end of his days had wrestled with the angel of God, with the Lord himself. He said, I will not leave you until you bless me. I will not leave you until you bless me. See, sometimes we have to go back and understand the past. We have to go back and find truths that will guide us. We have to go back and find wisdom that will guide us. We have to understand the wells that we sit beside. We have to dig deep and get knowledge The Bible says in all you're getting, get wisdom, get understanding. If she understood that Jacob had met with God and he said, I will never leave you until you bless me. And he wrestled with God throughout the night till the break of morning, ended up with a hip, a broken hip. He didn't care. And it says he laid down at that place. And when he closed his eyes, he saw angels going up and down. And up to today, we talk about, we say things like Jacob's ladder. So she didn't know what she was talking about. And this is why I say to people, don't get into debates about God. Don't try and defend him. God will defend himself. You read the word of God. You read the word. You get close to God. You get close to Jesus. You get close to to the Holy Spirit. You become intimate with them. Let them become your wells. Draw knowledge from them. Draw wisdom. Draw understanding from them. Read the word of God. Eat the word of God. Spend time in God's presence. Because if she had spent time finding out, she she would not have said to him, Are you a better man? than our ancestor Jacob. She didn't know who Jacob was. She did not know the relationship that Jacob had with God. And then she says, he and his sons and livestock 
and passed it. Okay, so she says, are you, are you a better man than our ancestor Jacob, who dug this well and drank from it? He and his sons and livestock and passed it down to us. Are you better than him? You're asking Jesus if he is better in a sarcastic way than another human being? Really? That's a question that should not even come up. She obviously was blind. In seeing, she did not see. In hearing, she did not hear. But Jesus, ever so compassionate, ever so merciful, he says, it says, Jesus said, everyone who drinks this water will get thirsty again and again. That is, you know, the, the water from the well. Anyone who drinks that will get thirsty again and again. He says, anyone who drinks the water I give will never thirst, not ever. Will never thirst, not ever. The water I give will be an artesian spring within, gushing fountains of endless life. Gushing fountains of endless life. The woman said, sir, give me this water so I won't ever get thirsty. Won't ever have to come back to this well again. Aha, her eyes opened. Now she realized, at least she realized, will you realize my brother? Will you realize my sister? That it is Jesus who gives the water that will spring from within, gushing fountains of endless life. And then, and the woman says, I want that water. I am thirsty. Give it to me. In other words, she's, she begins to look at her life. She begins to realize that nothing has helped her. No one has helped her. Everything she's tapped into has left her thirsty and thirstier and thirstier and thirstier. Now she needs to drink from this gushing fountain of rivers of living water so that she'll never be thirsty again. So look at your life now. How thirsty are you? How much do you need to drink from this never-ending gushing fountain of life? Let's read what the New International Version says from verse 13. John chapter 4, verse 13. Jesus answered, Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, meaning the water from the well. He says, But whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. It becomes, the water that Jesus gives us becomes in us a spring of water welling up to eternal life. It's not temporary. It's eternal you see, that's why he waited for her at the well. That's why he's waiting for you at your well. And that's why he got there at 12 noon. And that's why he's right here at this time with you. So that you can drink from the spring of water welling up to eternal life. It takes you up and into eternal life. 
It lasts for eternity. So where's your well? What time of day is it for you? Will you recognize Jesus when he comes to meet with you? Will you know it's him? And then if you don't, if you're not sure, instead of being sarcastic, why not ask the question? And what is the question Jesus is asking you right now? Because he wants to meet you where you are. He said to the lady, would you, in other words, will you use your free will to give me a drink of water? Would you, my brother, would you, my sister, give Jesus a drink of water and exchange it, exchange it for that spring of water welling up to eternal life? This woman was smart. She said, the woman said to him, sir, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty. I'm tired of being thirsty. I don't want to be thirsty anymore. I've tried everything and I'm still thirsty. She said, sir, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. I don't want to keep doing the same things over and over again. It's insanity. I'm going in circles. I'm, my life is filled with these cycles, vicious cycles that don't bring healing, that don't bring uh, uh, solutions. They just bring more problems. Who am I talking to? A life, a cycle, it's just one cycle after the other, one cycle after the other, one problem after the other making you more thirsty, making you hungrier. When is it going to end? It ends when you welcome Jesus and you drink from the well that he gives, the spring of life, the never-ending fountain that is eternal. That's when it ends. That's when it ends. That's exactly when it ends. It's time to yield to Jesus it's time to yield to God. It's time to yield to the Holy Spirit. Will you give Jesus a drink? What is the question he's asking you? And when you reach out to give him that drink, <laughs> he's probably going to tell you it's okay. He's just testing your faith. He's going to say, I have something for you. I have something for you. I don't need the drink of water. I don't need the drink of water. I have something for you. The Lord bless you and keep you, my brother, my sister. Jesus has something for you. God has something for you. <laughs> the Holy Spirit has something for you. And it's eternal. And it is secure. And you will never thirst again, ever, ever, ever. It's a never-ending fountain of life that is eternal. Hallelujah. Eternal. Father, we thank you. Father, we give you praise. Father, we give you glory. 
Oh, let your eternal wells begin to flow. Let your eternal fountain, rivers of living water, begin to flow into every listener's life, into every listener's circumstance, into every listener's condition and state, into every vicious cycle and circles that are in their lives, Father, in the name of Jesus. Let your rivers of living water burst forth, O God, and deliver your children, deliver for good, deliver from thirst, O God, deliver from this thirst, and give eternal life in the name of Jesus, in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, I thank you. Jesus, I thank you. Holy Spirit, I thank you. Rivers of living water flow. Rivers of living water flow. Let your rivers of living water flow into every soul, mind, heart, spirit, and and life, Lord, and body in the mighty name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus. In Jesus' name. Let there be divine visitation, Lord. Divine encounters, Father. Jesus, meet us. Meet every listener where they are. You know where to meet them. You know when to meet them. Orchestrate it, Lord, so that you meet them exactly where you know you can find them. Whatever the situation, whatever the place, whatever the condition, Father, I ask, O Lord, that you meet them. Meet my brother. Meet my sister where they are. And pour out your rivers of living water so that they will thirst no more, no more, no more. In the mighty name of Jesus, in the mighty name of Jesus, thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Thank you for being here. God bless you. God keep you. Cause his face to shine upon you. Until next time, and feel free to write to activategodspurpose at gmail.com. Activategodspurpose at gmail.com. God bless you.